Tuesday pulled a small video camera out of her bag on the windowsill and started filming as Anton turned his attention back to the chunk of tendril. It was still moving, slowly curling and twisting on the white benchtop. He looked up to check that Tuesday had the shot, then pulled a scalpel out of a drawer under the bench and held down the tendril with his other hand. Slicing along the length of it, he peeled back the slime to expose the flesh inside. Sadia and her son moved past us to sit at the circular window. She held him close, shielding his eyes from the light. Davo nudged me and pointed at the tendril. The blue-black skin that had been exposed to the air was blistering and cracking. Anton grabbed the video camera and pulled it in closer. There. Get a good shot of that, he directed Tuesday. In a matter of seconds, the flesh of the tendril decayed and collapsed in on itself. Small fragments broke away and drifted up into the air like ash from a fire. Wilson reached up and flicked a switch on a bank of lights and vents above the bench, turning on an exhaust fan. The gentle pull of the fan caught the airborne particles and sucked them up leaving nothing but a black smear across the melting puddle of slime on the benchtop where the tendril had been just moments before. Anton slammed the scalpel onto the bench excitedly and grabbed the camera with both hands, pulling it in close to his face. See? Did you see that? What did I fucking tell you? They don't like our air. He bellowed into the lens. Tuesday smiled at him and winked. Devo and I backed away to join Sadia at the windowsill as Anton and the others pranced about laughing and celebrating. Devo leant towards us. These lot are off their fucking heads, he whispered. What are we going to do? Should we get out of here and keep moving? A huge flash of lightning lit up the outside world and for a moment we could see all the way through the campus down to the street below, where we had encountered the fog. Heavy rain beat at the window. Sadia rocked her son in her arms and hummed a beautiful melody to him. He rested his head against her chest, comforted by the sound, and closed his eyes. Weather's pretty wild out there, I said. We should probably let the boy rest here for a while and see if it settles down. Sadia smiled at me briefly and looked back outside. On the window ledge, a nesting pigeon sat on its eggs. Feathers puffed up to try and stay warm as the rain lashed at its face. The bird shifted its weight slightly and shivered, but remained steadfast, using its body as a shield between its fragile treasure and the violent storm. Davo nudged me again and glanced over at Tuesday's open bag on the sill next to us. A large, fixed-blade bowie knife with dried blood caked around the handle lay across several small plastic jars. The one closest to the top looked like it contained part of a human ear. Then Anton grabbed us both by the shoulders from behind. So, 
Who's in charge of your ragtag crew then? He asked us. Davo shrugged his shoulder free of Anton's grip and took a half step back. We're in this together, I said. How beautiful, Anton replied. Well, one of you needs to come with me. I want to show you something. Davo was visibly uncomfortable, so I gestured with my head for him to stay with Sadia. Where are we going? I asked. Up, he replied. Anton led me back out into the stairwell, and we started climbing. The knots in my gut tightened with each step. At the top, we reached an old wooden door with a heavy metal latch. Anton pulled it open and stepped into the wind and rain outside. He turned and waved for me to join him as the sky above flashed and rumbled. I looked around for something to jam the door open with, but the rooftop was bare. After a few deep breaths, I willed myself out of the stairwell and gripped the handrail at the edge with both hands. Anton laughed. Afraid of heights? He yelled at me, over the rain. I shook my head. It's... it's a long story. Fair enough. Where are you lot headed then? Do you have a plan? Shielding my eyes from the rain, I looked around to get my bearings and pointed out over the city to the west. I... I have to get to my family. My wife and kids, I, I think, I mean, I hope they're at home. Then we thought maybe head towards the coast? His face looked grim, and he nodded. A father that actually wants to be with his children. That's novel. He wiped the hair out of his face. Look! You guys seem cool, so so here's the thing. We came from that direction. It's not fucking pretty out there. I felt a sharp sting of fear as he continued. There were some big impacts and a lot of sick people. The military was sweeping the suburbs. I cut him off angrily. You know what? It's, it's not pretty back the way we came either. It doesn't fucking matter. I, I have to get to them. Anton smiled at me as lightning lit up his face for a moment. You're a good man. I wish my father was like you. He turned and pointed down to the courtyard below. Look there! Several figures stood looking up at the sky, their attention shifted to follow the flashes of light in the clouds. The grass and trees around them was covered in dark patches which I realised was blood and gore from a dismembered body in the middle of the courtyard. They're trying to spread the infection, Anton said. Not just to us, to all living things. Plants, animals, water. It's fucking with all living organisms. Changing them. Changing our environment to better suit their needs. They're terraforming planet Earth. I thought about everything we'd seen. The infected dumping bodies in the lake. The woman with the laptop in the park. Maybe he was right. Do, do you work here at the, the uni? How do you know all this? I asked him, 
He just laughed. Ah, it's just a theory. But I've got enough evidence and footage to back it up now. Then he turned and pointed back towards the botanic gardens. That fog cloud reaches all the way out to the north. It's growing pretty steadily. When we got here about an hour ago, it was on the other side of the river. Fucking hell, I whispered, as a flash of lightning confirmed what he was saying. For just a moment, we could see the fog stretching out across the river and into the distance. It'll swallow the whole city in no time. Back in the lab, Sadia still sat in the circular window, holding her son. But Davo was sitting up on one of the bench tops next to Tuesday, sharing a cigarette and exhaling the smoke into the exhaust fan. Wilson was scraping samples of the slime and tendril crust into a small plastic specimen jar with a spatula. He screwed on the lid and placed it in Tuesday's bag. Davo looked a little embarrassed when he saw me walk in and he looked down to the cigarette in his hand. The boy's asleep and and I was dying for a fag. Tuesday giggled. Davo scowled at her, then broke into a smile. This lot are all right after all, I reckon, he said. Show Tommy that footage. Tuesday popped open the flip-out screen on the camera and cycled through a few horrific thumbnails before selecting a grainy clip. The footage was shaky, clearly handheld at full zoom. At first I couldn't make out anything, but the image focused and there I was on screen. It was dark, but I could clearly see myself clawing at the tendril wrapped around my leg. Then Davo heroically leapt into frame. Bam! Take that, you fucking slimy prick. Anton chuckled. All right, save the battery on that thing, please. We're going to need it later. Gather yourselves, my lovelies. Playtime is over. Wilson held up a box of face masks from under one of the benches. Anton sighed. Ugh. All right, if we must. He passed them around. Then Wilson glanced at his watch and leant in towards Anton. We have to meet Tyson in 45 minutes, he whispered. Anton just nodded to him. I grabbed the scalpel from the bench and jammed it between the layers of plastic armour on my forearm. Davo picked up his backpack and shovel. Sadia gently woke her son, and we all walked out of the lab, back into the night. Down at ground level, next to the door we had entered through, a short path led to a garage and workshop. The large roller door was wide open, and the space was full of cleaning equipment and groundskeeper tools. Parked on the far side was a flatbed truck with a two-seater cabin. Anton jumped up on the tray at the back and kicked off a few traffic cones. Our chariot, he exclaimed. Davo checked the cab. The keys were hanging in the ignition. He passed me his shovel and looked up at Anton. I'm driving, all right? Anton bowed to him. Be my guest. Take a ride outside 
Then left down Victoria Drive to the city bridge, please, my good man. And don't spare the horses. Sadia and her son climbed up into the cab with Davo. I tied our bikes down on the back of the tray with some rope and climbed aboard. Davo slid open the small window on the back of the truck cab and looked through to us. Righto, hold on. Davo eased the truck out of the garage and slowly turned right, following Anton's instructions. The noise of the engine bounced off the walls around us, and the storm did nothing to mask the sound. Anton quickly grew frustrated. He crouched down and yelled through the window. You do know how to drive, right? Put your bloody foot down, man! I'm trying not to attract too much attention, Davo hissed back at him. Bullshit! We're making a fucking racket anyway! Show us what this beast can do! Davo let loose an avalanche of insults at Anton and crunched through the gears, hurling the truck forward down the wet street. The rain stung my eyes as we skidded around the corner onto Victoria Drive, and I gripped the roof of the cab tightly, holding Davo's shovel down against the metal floor with my foot to stop it from sliding away. There were a handful of vehicles scattered along the street, but Davo was easily able to avoid them, picking up speed as we headed towards the bridge. The headlights of the truck illuminated the banks of the river to our right, and we could see the rolling fog that had filled the natural gully leading down to the water. I instinctively pulled my mask up over my mouth and nose. Anton howled like a wild animal and banged on the roof of the cab. A large cement truck was resting on an angle across the street, just before the intersection with King William Road, which led onto the bridge. Its position blocked our view of what lay ahead, but as we roared past it, I felt the truck lurch under me as Davo pumped the brakes. The fog had already reached the bridge and was wrapped around the railings and streetlights, spilling out across the road. To make matters worse, a gigantic snake of crashed vehicles, bumper to bumper, blocked the entire intersection ahead. The truck tires skidded and we slid across the wet road At that speed, there was no way we could stop in time. Davo must have realised this as well, as he wrestled control of the truck again and crushed the accelerator, aiming us towards a slight gap between a florist's van and a yellow hatchback. The distance between the vehicles was hardly big enough for a bicycle to pass between them, but it was obvious that Davo was intending to force us through. Three of us on the tray crouched down behind the cab and held on for dear life as the truck blasted into the obstacle. The force of the impact slammed me into the back of the metal cab and sucked the air out of my lungs. There was a horrific hollow metal crunch as we broke through, immediately followed by a gut-wrenching drum roll of wet thumps and shrieks. I lifted my head up to look through the small window into the cab and caught a glimpse of Davo desperately trying to hold the wheel straight as the truck ploughed through a huge crowd of people that were hidden behind the crashed vehicles. Grunts and screams rang out as I felt more impacts and the truck bounced and slid over bodies as we swerved off the road and onto the grassy field beyond. It was dark again, the crash must have taken out our headlights. The truck limped to a stop at the steps of a large wooden rotunda in the middle of the field, overlooking the river. Fucking hell! Davo yelled, and the boy started screaming. 
I looked back at the wake of bodies and destruction behind us and my heart sank. There were literally hundreds of them. A massive crowd of infected filled the field between us and the bridge. The pile up on the road must have fenced them in. A chorus of coughing and howling broke out as the path we had carved through them with the truck closed up like the protective slime on the tendril and the horde started moving towards us. Davo screamed again as he looked out of the window past us. He grabbed his backpack off the floor of the cab and struggled to unlock his seatbelt. Sadia passed the boy through the window to me and crawled out after him. An infected man, with a huge gash across his face, crawled up over the back of the tray, spitting blood and phlegm as he tried to climb over the bikes. I picked up Davo's shovel and smashed the sharp edge of it across the side of his head, throwing him back off the edge. The bikes were a complete mess. Then I noticed Anton and Tuesday trying to wake up Wilson. He was lying on his side in the tray, his neck bent at a horrible angle. His fingers curled and muscles tensed. Spit foamed at the corner of his mouth and his body twitched and convulsed. Anton wept as he gripped his friend's shoulders. Come on, Wilson. We're almost there. Not now. We're so fucking close. He lifted him up slightly and pointed out across the river. Look! The stadium is right there! We'll make the drop and everything will be better. Tyson is probably waiting for us there, right now. Just get up, man. But it was no good. Wilson was gone. Davo finally freed himself of his seatbelt and kicked open the door to the cab. He climbed out and stood beside the tray next to Anton. Mate, unless you want to join him on the other side, we gotta fucking scoot. He reached out and put a hand on Anton's shoulder. We've all lost people tonight. We can mourn together later, but we gotta keep fucking moving. Anton shrugged away from Davo's hand, grabbed Tuesday's bag and stepped off the side of the truck. Tuesday kissed Wilson's forehead and looked on with tears in her eyes as Anton stumbled past the rotunda towards the river. Davo looked up at her. Who the fuck is Tyson? He said. Anton whirled back around. It's a long story. We've got to keep fucking moving. Copyright Jasper St. Auburn West, 2020. All rights reserved. <laughs>